Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. Hello, Facebook. And to those watching on the internet, we're glad to have you here part of us today in our service here. And and I got here with me uh, one of my favorite nieces in the whole world. Hallelujah. And uh, and not uh, just happy because of that, but uh, what God has called her to do and what she's doing is making us so proud of you. And uh, she's reaching the world for Jesus. And uh, I'm not going to tell her story. That's what she's going to tell. But... Uh, She's in Oklahoma right now, and she's, uh, she's in school, John Smith Wick Ministries, which is a life-changing ministry that is reaching the world and the lost for Jesus Christ. So, dear, I couldn't be any more proud of you than anybody I know in the entire earth. You, you are one of my heroes, and I am just so thrilled that you're home. So every time that you're home, you preach, okay, because <clears throat> you're going to be preaching the rest of your life. So if there's any jitters, we're going to get them out right here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if they don't do you good, you just tell me. I'll, I'll work on them. Hallelujah. Right. How many love Jesus? Amen. You know, people say, well, what, what's, the, what's the youth of, of today coming to? This? Huh? This? You, you're still on fire for Jesus? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Look at that. So we're going to turn it loose. Y'all give her a big welcome home. God bless you. We love you. Thank you. Um, I do want to start out by saying thank you to Pastors Eric and Michelle for letting me um, speak today and just for everything that you've been pouring into my life, my whole life. Um, Thank you also to Grace Life Life Church. I grew up here and um, there's many people who have taught me in nursery and children's church that are here right now. Um, And also Pastor C., um, you're my missionary example, so thank you. And um, yeah, I appreciate all of you, and many of you in this room also financially give to my trips, and you help me go overseas, so thank you so much for that. Um, I want to start out by saying that I go to, um, I'm in the core program, it's an internship program at Global Ventures, and this is John and Martine Smithwick. They started the ministry 21 years ago. And um, our heart is to reach the unreached places in the world. We take teams of people from all over the world. Some are from the United States, but we also have people from Canada. We've even had team members from Taiwan go with us before. And um, we go to those places where people don't always go. And we preach the gospel, and we tell them who the one true um, living God is. And we tell them about Jesus. Um, I got connected to GV um, about two years ago, uh, I, our family has supported them for a long time, and I've seen their picture on our refrigerator growing up. And um, and then a couple years ago, they came to Alabama, and they told us about the internship. And um, I was about to graduate high school, and I knew that um, what what the ministry was doing was exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to do photography, but also be a missionary at the same time. And I didn't know how that was possible, but I'm literally doing that right now uh, with Global Ventures. So um, I'm basically living my dream. And uh, I also know that I'm in God's will right now, and it's just a really great feeling. Um, the last time I was here was at Christmas, and I've gone on two mission trips since then. The first one was to Thailand, and um, the main city, city that we ministered in was Karat. Um, We ministered in schools, streets, and markets, and we did children and family festivals uh, almost every night that we were there. And um, if you want to put up that next picture, um, one of my favorite things about ministering in Thailand is ministering in the schools. We get to minister to um, hundreds or even thousands of students all at one time, and um, at at their schools, most of them have a statue of Buddha either like on the stage that we're preaching on or somewhere else in the um, facility. And I think that it's awesome that we get to share, we share the stage with a statue of Buddha. Um, Like literally the Buddha statue is right there. Our team is right here. 
and we um, were telling them about God, we're telling them about their Savior. Um, will you go to the next picture? <clears throat> um, this is me preaching at a school, and in the very back, there's a statue of Buddha, and then also a picture of their king. And um, I'm pointing up to heaven right there, telling them, telling them who God is. And uh, in the next, on the next slide, there's a video of me uh, uh, praying healing, if you want to play that video. doing that because right after that happens people get healed and they see that um, Buddha Buddha doesn't heal people um, and they give offerings to Buddha all the time and they uh, you know their lives are basically ruined because they're they um, they think that religion is based on works and but we come we tell them about Jesus we tell them the simple gospel and they see miracles right then and there after that miracles happen and um, all these almost every single student that was in this video said the salvation prayer with us and um, so thank you all uh, who have given to my trips because you're a part of the a part of uh, all those students being saved uh, will you go to the next slide um, this is me as Strawberry. It's a character for our kids' festival. That's like the only time that you'll see me in makeup. So um, there you go. That's a really fun way to share um, the gospel with little kids. And we go to the next one. Um, and right here, this is one of our family festivals, and I'm preaching the gospel. I love doing that also because it's the there's so many people in this one setting and we get to tell them all about the gospel. Um, and uh, I was about to say right there, he gives he gives them power to change their lives and to sin no more. So that lets people know that uh, even if you have sinned or you've done something bad, Jesus will forgive you right now. And um, it's just awesome to do that. Will you go to the next one? So on that Thailand trip, there's 27,806 salvations and 224 miracles. Yeah. Uh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Um, yeah, thank you to everyone who was a part of that trip. And this number is actually kind of um, conservative because people in Thailand, they're, they're pretty shy. So, and we, whenever we do the stats, we keep it at a conservative number um, because we do want it to be honest, but we know that there's way more people than that that said the salvation prayer. And even for miracles too, we only count the people who we um, personally interview. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. Um, my second trip was at the end of June and it was to Puerto Cortes, Honduras. Uh, I was there for about a month and I went two weeks early before our ministry week to help set up. Will you um, show the next picture? Uh, on this trip, I helped with school scheduling, and um, we scheduled schools for us to minister in by going to the schools and meeting with the directors. On the left, that's one of the directors sitting on the chair to the left, and uh, that's my friend Jocelyn, and then the girl on the right is our translator, Stephanie. And um, so we went into uh, many of the schools in that area, uh, we actually scheduled 91 school presentations. So that means we got to speak to 91 different groups of students. Uh, 91 groups of students got to hear the gospel. And, um, yeah. Um, all right. If you want to go to the next one. Um, actually, 
we go back to the other one, sorry. Uh, on the setup trip, I learned a lot of the logistical um, things about how to set up a trip and uh, like everything it takes up, takes for a missions trip. But um, one of my, the personal things that I learned on this trip was how powerful prayer is. Um, I've, I've always known that power, prayer is powerful, but I never like, it never hit me until this trip. Every morning on the pre-trip, me, my friend and I, Jocelyn, we would pray in our room. Um, it was our, the first thing that we would do. We would pray in the spirit and then we also pray things out in English. And, um, we pray for specific things and on that day, those specific things would happen. Um, we would, on this certain day, we prayed for, um, it's actually our last day of school scheduling. We prayed for divine connections and divine appointments. And that day we, um, we went to the certain school and, uh, we asked to speak to, to the director to have our meeting. And they said that she was actually in a meeting with other directors from schools around the area. So we said, is it okay if we speak to all of you at one time? And they said, sure. So um, when they opened the door, we expected there to only be maybe like three or five directors. But when they opened the door, there was a room of 40 directors. Um, and if that's not a divine appointment, I don't know what is. So um, that was awesome. And um, now you can go to that next picture. So out of those 40 directors, one um, particular director at their school um, our team went back to that school to minister in the next week. And um, this is Francisco Juan Carlos. He is um, seven years old. And when he was eight months old, he had an accident that caused his eye to go crossed. And he wasn't able to see out of that eye since uh, he was eight months old. And um, our team went to his school. We shared the gospel with them. And then we always pray for healing at the end also. And um, we actually have video footage of this also that I'll get to share with y'all at some point. But he, um, we say, put your hand where your pain or sickness is. And as we pray, Jesus will put his hand where your hand is and will heal you right now, right where you are. And he put his hand over his eye. And then when we told him to um, check and see that you're better, he, took, he takes it off and he's seeing straight. And all of his friends around him are like, whoa, like your eyes are straight, but in Spanish. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, his eye is totally straight. We, we were able to go to his house afterwards and do an interview with his, um, family. And it was just, it was an awesome, um, awesome miracle right there. And, um, if we hadn't gone to his school that day, or if we hadn't had that meeting, that divine connection and appointment, at that school with those 40 directors, we wouldn't have gone to his school probably, and he probably would not be healed right now. So um, prayer is powerful. Um, uh, you can go to the next one. Another cool thing from this trip is that we do uh, water filter ministry. We went to two different villages to give out water filters, and we also show them how to use it. Um, we don't also We don't only give them water filters. You can go to the next one. But we also, and that's like the difference in the water. That's after, the one on the left is after we do it, um, run the water through the filter. Um, but we don't also give them like water to drink, but we give them living water too because we share the gospel with them. Um, we, um, and at this particular time, I was able to um, pray healing over everyone. You can play that video. He couldn't see out of it. I was, I was sharing the testimony of that little boy. But after we prayed in Jesus' name, his eyes straightened. He could see clearly. He was seven years old. And he hadn't been able to see since he was eight months. Jesus healed him that very day. And then I said, and he will heal you too right now. Um, we share testimonies like that because it gets people's faith working and it gets them in the mindset of, yes, I can be healed right now. So um, after that, I prayed. Um, I have video footage of me praying and then I have video footage of me um, interviewing the lady I'm about to tell you about, but I can't show it because uh, in this in this area, um, it is... They breastfeed openly, and I didn't want to show that on the screen. So, um, so after I told after I told this testimony, and after I prayed the prayer of healing, um, I heard Holy Spirit talk to me, and He said, 
um, he said to mention, or he said, pray that ovaries would be healed. So I said, in Jesus' name, I command ovaries to work like they are, like you created them, work like God created them to work. And um, that I wouldn't even normally pray that. That wouldn't even, even normally come to my mind, but I heard God say that. So I said that, and then um, we always take testimonies after we pray the prayer of healing. And then this lady, she came up, and she, um, she said, I had pain in my ovaries, and um, so she had she had had pain for eight years in her ovaries, and um, she said that she knew God could heal her, but um, she was actually praying for someone to come and pray for her. And um, so she was healed that day. She had been having pain for eight years because of a surgery that she had, and now she's totally healed. So hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, you can go to the next one. Um, this is me preaching at a festival that we had. I'm actually wearing the same outfit. Um, and you can go to the last one. So um, on this trip, there are 16,337 salvations and 339 healings. Um, there are so many notable miracles on this trip, more than I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was just, it was an amazing trip. Yeah. Uh, you want to go to the next one? Um, so on these trips, I am the, I guess, photographer. Um, I'm on the media team. I, I do ministry, but I'm also on the media team. And um, so these are some of the pictures that I've taken. Um, I love taking pictures on these trips because it connects people to um, God's heart and it helps them see what we do. And, um, uh, you know, for me, I think that what's on God's heart is people. Um, will you go to the next slide. Um, I don't know if I've shown y'all this picture before. This was in India when me and daddy went, um, last November. And, um, there, when we're doing street ministry, we always show them, we have this, um, card trick. And at first they see the a king of hearts. And, um, so we ask someone to come up and pull the middle card. And when they turn it around, it's a picture of Jesus. And, uh, we go to the next slide. So these kids right here, when we pulled the middle card and we said, do you know who this is? And none of them could tell us who it was. Um, I don't know if you can even imagine that, not knowing who the person on the card is. Like, um, if you go to our children's church here and ask who the children, ask the children who that is on the card, everyone could tell you who it is. Even in like public schools here, you could ask them, who is this on the card? And they could say, Jesus. But here in India, they had no idea, um, who it was, and that that broke my heart, and um, I don't know if that breaks anyone else's heart, but it definitely breaks mine. Um, but it's, it was so awesome to go there and um, share the gospel with people, the people who are on God's heart. And you go to the next one, please. And uh, here's a picture of two little girls raising their hand, and they were saying, saying the salvation prayer. Um, and I just love being able to do that. Um, but the reason I've shared these pictures with, and stories with you is to get you thinking about what's on God's heart. Um, you know, Jesus, well, when I think of Jesus, I think of compassion. And that's what I want to share about today. So in, uh, in Luke 8, it tells the story of Jairus' daughter and the woman with the issue of blood. Um, if we want to turn there with me real quick. We also share on um, at Crusades and in the streets that um, when someone came to Jesus about healing, he never turned anyone away. Uh, no matter what they did in their past or um, no matter how bad their sickness was or anything like that, he never turned anyone away. All right, so in Luke 8, verse 41, it says, When Jesus returned to Galilee, the crowds were overjoyed, for they had just been waiting for him to arrive. Just then, a man named Jairus, the leader of the local Jewish congregation, fell before Jesus' feet. He desperately begged him to come and heal his 12-year-old daughter, his only child, because she was at the point of death. Um, so, oh, and then in verse uh, 43, um, in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered greatly for 12 years from slow bleeding. Even though she had spent all that she had on healers, she was still suffering. Um, so both of these people were... Um, desperate for something. Um, Jairus, he was a synagogue ruler, a person with great influence, and he's not someone who would just go up 
to a random person and like beg or anything like that. He was someone of really of uh, high um, high order, great respect. But um, he was desperate. His daughter had just died, and um, you know how would how would you be if your child was had just died? You would be desperate. Um, and then the woman with the issue of blood, she had been to many doctors, and she, she spent all of her money. Uh, no one wanted to be around her. She was termed unclean. Um, so she um, she had no friends, no family who wanted to be with her. She was desperate to be healed. Um, there are so many people that are desperate for something. When we go overseas, we see so many sick people. Um, I can't. We couldn't even imagine sometimes being in their position. Um, like I saw this little boy. If you want to show this next picture. Um, I saw this little boy many times while we were on the trip in India um, because I'm on the media team. I'll go, I'll hop from different team to different team. And uh, we would go to this market because you would think that um, there'd be different people every single day, every single time that we went. But for this little boy, he was there every single time that I was there. And I can't imagine uh, what his home life is like, even if he, if he even has a home. And um, every time I saw him, he had the same clothes on. He also had the same snot and crust stuck to his face every single time. And there was flies that would land on his face that he wouldn't even he wouldn't even move. Like they didn't bother him anymore because he was so used to these flies hitting his face and landing on him. Um, and it just it breaks my heart to look at this picture and to think about this moment. Um, can you imagine being sick or being in a position like this little boy and not knowing that there's someone who loves you so much that he died on a cross for your sins? Um, can you imagine not knowing that you can get out of this and that you don't have to keep giving sacrifices to your God? Um, I'm so thankful that we live here when we, where we know about God and where we, um, we don't get persecuted for being a Christian. Um, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, most people who we come in contact with overseas don't even know who God is and they spend all their money and give sacrifices to be healed. Um, they are desperate, but as we know, it won't do them any good to, um, give sacrifices because the only God who heals is our God who is alive today. Um, Jesus, Jesus brought Jairus's daughter back to life out of love and compassion um, in verse 47 of Luke 8, it says, uh, When the woman realized she couldn't hide any longer, she came and fell trembling at Jesus' feet. Before the entire crowd, she declared, I was desperate to touch you, Jesus, for I knew if I could just even, if I could just touch even the fringe of your robe, I would be healed. And Jesus responded, Beloved daughter, your faith in me has released your healing. You may go with my peace. Um, Jesus healed her right then, and she not he not only healed her, but he also called her my daughter. Um, and when most people, everyone else called her unclean, he called her daughter, and um, he did that out of love and compassion. Uh, and then I want to turn to chapter 8 of Matthew. It's a story about Jesus healing a leper. So um, Matthew chapter 8. Verse 2, it says, I'll start with verse 1, actually. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. After he came down from teaching on the hillside, massive crowds began following him. Suddenly a leper walked up to Jesus and threw himself down before him in worship and said, Lord, you have the power to heal me if you really want to. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the leper and said, Of course I want to heal you. Be healed. And instantly all signs of leprosy disappeared. Um, Jesus didn't even take a second thought about healing this man. He said, of course I'll heal you, be healed. And um, uh, yeah, that's how Jesus wants us to be also. He wants us to go to people without any second hesitation and um, share the gospel with them and pray, declare healing. Um, later on in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 and 38, it says... Here we go. Um, Jesus walked throughout the region with the joyful message of God's kingdom realm. He taught in their meeting houses, and wherever he went, he demonstrated God's power by healing every kind of disease and illness. Every kind. 
when he saw the vast crowds of people, Jesus' heart, Jesus's heart was deeply moved with compassion because they seemed weary and helpless like wandering sheep without a shepherd. He turned to his disciples and said, The harvest is huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to thrust out many more reapers to harvest his grain. Um, Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the crowds. And his solution for his um, compassion and the way he felt was to send out more people to the harvest fields. Um, will you go to the next picture? Um, this was a picture from India. Um, when I see the crowds at the Crusades, I feel that compassion. Uh, it's probably not the same amount that Jesus felt, but I, I feel compassion for these people. Um, this, this woman was from, uh, from India, and just the way that she's praying, um, you can tell that she, she is deeply touched. Will you play the video? Let's say it again. Jesus. Thank you for being my Lord. Um, the same Jesus who was moved with compassion, who healed everyone who came to him, he died for us. And um, since Jesus died for us, I think that it's fitting that we live for him. Jesus went through so much pain, and I don't want to cry right now, but I feel like I am. Um, Jesus went through so much pain. He was whipped um, with a torture device with that whip that we can't even imagine what it actually looks like. Um, he had a crown of thorns pressed into his head, and he had nails um, pressed into his hands and his feet. And um, he looked past all of that. He looked past the lashes and the crown of thorns, and he looked past the nails in his hands and his feet, and he... Um, he saw you and me. Will you uh, show that next picture? He saw these two little girls. And he, he saw them. He looked past everything. He saw these two little girls, and he, um, he knew that maybe, or even though they might not even have the chance to hear about him, he died for them anyways. Um, he also died for um, your coworker. He died for the person that you see in the grocery store. He died for that cashier that you feel like you're supposed to talk to. Um, he died for your uh, mother-in-law or father-in-law. He, um, he died for the homeless man or woman. And um, he also, he saw the 3.15 billion unreached people today. And he died for them, knowing that there would be a chance that they would never hear the gospel. Um, and you know who he gave that job of telling them to? He gave it to us. <laughs> um, right before he went to heaven, he said in Mark sixteen fifteen, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And um, in verse 17, if you want to put that one on there, on the screen, uh, Mark sixteen seventeen. Okay, never mind. Um, well, he said this, they will cast out demons in my name. Actually, let me look it up here so I can um, say more uh, details. <laughs> so Matthew, I mean, Mark 16, we'll start in verse 15. And he said to them, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name, and they will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous, and they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. Um, and that was what Jesus said right before he went up to heaven. Um, I think that someone's last words are really important, and that's what Jesus chose to say right before he went to heaven. Um, so, um, he, uh, yeah, also, he, um, one second, <laughs> uh, 
he, oh yeah, he gave us the command to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, and he followed it with the with that with those promises that we will heal the sick and see them recover, and that we won't be harmed by snakes or poisonous things. Um, so uh, I want to point this out too. Um, I don't know if you remember that number I said, but I said that he died for the 3.15 billion unreached people. Um, unreached is they haven't heard the gospel one time. Um, and that's an actual uh, factual number, 3.15 billion people. Um, will you show the next and then the next one? Oh, wait, actually go back, sorry. Yeah, and there's the population of the United States is 327.2 million. Um, so I did the math. Um, Google, Google helped me. Google did the math. And 3.15 billion, which is the unreached people, divided by 327.2 million is about 9.6. Um, so my point here is that the population of people in the United States times almost 10 is the population of people who still haven't heard the gospel one time. Can you imagine 10 times the people in the United States are the people who still haven't heard the gospel one time? Um, and that's why I'm doing what I do. Um, whew, yeah. Um, there's people who out in the world who are desperate for something. Um, they don't even know that they're desperate for um, God. They don't know that they're desperate for Jesus, but they are. They're desperate for someone who will heal them, someone who's going to deliver them from what they're going through. Um, they're desperate to know where they're going to go when they die. Most people um, in like these other religions, they think that maybe they're going to die and reincarnate into something else. But that's a never-ending cycle. Like They don't know that... They don't know for sure what's going to happen when they die. Um, even in these South American countries that we go to, um, like when I was in Honduras and I went to Peru last year, and um, Pastor C, he goes to Peru. Some of these people, they don't know for sure that they're going to heaven because they don't, um, they don't believe that their Savior is Jesus, and that's the only way to get to heaven. Um, so that's why I go and I do what I do because there's people in the world who are desperate for a Savior, and um, will you play this uh, next video? This was in uh, Honduras at one of the schools that we went to. This little girl had actually, um, after we preached the gospel in her classroom, we prayed for healing. And um, something was wrong with her eyesight. And after we prayed, her eyesight was healed. And then um, after that, we our team had already loaded up in the bus to go to our next ministry site. And her teacher came out with this little girl and she said um, she also had something wrong with her legs and her feet. They didn't grow like they were supposed to, and she hasn't been able to run, um, I think, maybe since she was born. Will you play the video? And now she's running. Yeah. Me regreso. This little girl could not run like this before. <laughs> she can run. You can see the joy on her face. Monte, who healed you? Quien te sanó? My God. Amen. Monte, vamos a correr otra vez. Let's run again. Hallelujah. Okay. Regreso. Pero más rápido que puedes. That's her teacher right there. Yeah. This little girl hasn't been able to run. The doctor said that her leg feet were the wrong size and she has not been able to run even jog without pain. They said that there was nothing they could do for her and God just healed her. After healing her eyes? Yeah, after healing her eyes in the school, the teacher came out and got us and said that she had uh, pain in her limbs and that, that it was a problem and that she needed healing because the doctors couldn't do anything for her. So we prayed for her right here in her van. She asked her who healed you, and she said, Mi Dios, which is my God. Um, and, you know, she, if we didn't go there, she might not be healed today. Um, so that's just a, an awesome testimony of what God does when we go on these trips. Um, 
And I want to close with this passage. If you want to turn to 2 Corinthians 5, I'm going to read um, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, and so on from there. So 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. This is a really important um, passage right here. I mean, all the passages in the Bible are important, but um, I really love this uh, this part right here. So 2 Corinthians 5, 14, it says, For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us, because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him, so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him, the one who died for us and now lives again. And I'm going to also read verse uh, 20. In verse, uh, so 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, it says, We are ambassadors of the Anointed One who carry the message of Christ to the world, as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf, turn back to God and be reconciled to Him. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us, so that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with Him. So in those passages, it says we are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. Um, I know God can speak through people or speak to people through um, like dreams and visions, but he also put us on the world. He, um, he empowers us also. He empowers Christians to go speak to other people around the world, to speak to your coworkers and to um, those people in the stores that you feel like you're supposed to talk to. And I get that too. I get the nervousness that you, that we all feel about like, um, how am I supposed to bring up, bring up God? Or um, how am I supposed to talk to them about Jesus? Well, God, he, he has already given you the confidence. It's inside you. He gave you the Holy Spirit. And um, just if you trust him and put it into practice, he's going to give you the words to say. And um, the more you do it, the easier it's going to get also. So I encourage you to do that um, maybe even today if you go to the store or to a restaurant. Um, you might think everyone in Tilton County knows about Jesus already, and they probably have heard about him. But maybe they need prayer for something. Maybe they have. Maybe they need a miracle or um, maybe they just need some encouragement. So it never hurts. You might you might feel embarrassed, but it never hurts to bring up Jesus to someone. It, it honestly does not hurt. It actually does good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I want to encourage you with that. And then, so I also want to give you some practical ways to put this into action. Um, so my birthday is August 19th, and I'll be turning 21. And to celebrate turning 21, I want to bring 21 people to the Lord. Um, so I'm going to be in Oklahoma on that day, and um, I'm going to have a group of my friends, and we're going to share the gospel with people that day. And our goal is to get 21 people saved. But it's not only for my group of friends, but I'm inviting you all. I'm also going to post it on Facebook and maybe Instagram, but... Um, I wanted to tell y'all about it first um, because y'all are our harvesters, and um, I know that you can do it. So on August 19th, even if you're working that day, I encourage you to share the gospel with someone, um, and that can be a great birthday present for me, and um, God will love it too. So um, I encourage you to share the gospel with people that day. Uh, also, next year, um, we have four more missions trips um, with Global Ventures, and also Pastor C here. Um, so I encourage you to go on a missions trip and go somewhere where um, people maybe haven't heard the gospel before or um, just experience um, what life is out of the United States. <laughs> and uh, it'll be a blessing for you, and it'll be a blessing to those people that you'll, that you'll minister to. Um, and the last, if you want to go to the next slide, um, I'm still going to two trips this year. I'm going to Bangladesh in October and the Philippines in November. And this is all that I have left for both of those trips. Um, so I encourage you, if you, um, I know some people can't go on the missions field for health reasons, 
or um, maybe it's just not a good time right now. But um, when you give for someone to be able to go on the missions field, you you have just as much part as that person does. Um, you have just as much part as I do when I go overseas. It, when you give, you are you're helping me go over there. Um, just like um, Pastor Eric was saying today, your your um, blood, sweat, and tears, and your talents and your work that you did when you sow that. You're sowing all that into um, a greater purpose, and um, so uh, I never really thought of that, thought about that until you said that today. So thank you for saying that. Um, but yeah, uh, I encourage you to do that. You can go to the next slide. Um, you can give online um, at this website, globalventures.tv/give, and um, click support a team member, and uh, or you can do a check, uh, make it out to Global Ventures. Um, I'll be here today for a while um, talking to people. And if you have any questions, you can talk to me about it or just say hello. I would love to say hello. <laughs> and um, But yeah, um, thank you all for listening today. Thank you again to, the, to everyone who supports me. I know a lot of you pray for me also, and um, a lot of you encourage me all the time. So thank you so much. And um, I hope that you remember everything that I shared today. And um, just try to get out of your comfort zone a little bit and um, share the gospel with someone, even if it even if it makes you uncomfortable. That's probably good that it makes you uncomfortable. Um, it's gonna it's, it'll work out um, for for good, even if it makes you feel a little hurt, even if they reject you or say that you're crazy or something. Um, God's proud of you, and I mean He's always proud of you. But yeah. Uh, I encourage you to go out of your way to talk to someone today or tomorrow. Um, yeah, so thank you very much. Oh, awesome. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, we not only got to see it and hear it, but we get to be a part of it. And as she was encouraging us, you know, she said, well, that's her call. No. No, it's, it's really every call of everyone, of every Christian. Uh, remember, Jesus said we are the ambassadors of Christ, and we are to rec- we've been given a ministry of reconciliation. Uh, you've heard me say it many times before. I don't know where the statistics came, but I, I, could, I would agree with them that 5% of people do ministry this way, the way I do it. And, uh, but the 95% do it out in the workforce, or in other ways, or uh, in other calls in ministry. But Jesus wrote this, and, he didn't, and, and it was in Matthew. Well, I said wrote it, but this is his words in Matthew. He said, you are the salt of the earth. He didn't say if you're a pastor and evangelist minister, you're salt of the earth. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its savor, loses its flavor, doesn't it? And, and that while we use salt, it preserves and... It gives taste. He said, but if it loses that taste or loses its savor, it's good for nothing any longer. But he says, it's only to be thrown out and trodden down uh, by men. The next verse said, and you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill uh, that cannot be hidden. So he tells the church, he tells you that we are the light. You know, when I was a child in, in um, Sunday school, they told us that Jesus was the light of the world. I don't know if they ever told us we were. And, uh, but how many know we are? He, Jesus said we are the light of the world, right? Yes, sir. You're his voice, you're his hands, you're his feet. And everywhere you go, you take him with you. That's right. right? You know, you, there's, uh, the scripture says you, you can't go too far this way, north or south, or east or west. Wherever you go, God's everywhere. If you want to go to the bar, you'll go in the bar. Because he's not going to get off. So he's, he's, he wants to reach people, and he needs the light to shine. So he tells us in verse 16, So let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So the more that we tell the story, the more that we let our light shine, the more it brings glory to God and we expand the kingdom of God. And that's what we want to do. We want to, we want to be a part of the extensions of the kingdom. The hand, the feet, and the mouthpiece, we want to, you know, we're 
Uh, the Bible says when the, when the gospel is preached, we're out of here. How many of you wouldn't mind being in heaven tomorrow? Now, if you're, you know, I, I used to, when I was real young, I didn't want to hear that. I said, no, I want to be able to do some things. Listen, <laughs> I, I know where you're coming from. <laughs> Believe me, uh, that's, you, you won't miss a thing. You're going to go to heaven, a marriage supper of the Lamb, uh, seven years, then we're going to come back here and live a thousand years. You know, Methuselah made nine, what, 969? We're going to be here a thousand years in total peace. There won't be a demon on the planet. There won't even be a hint of a demon on the planet. A thousand years. The lion will lay down with the lamb. The Auburn and Alabama fan will know the truth. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. Whatever the truth is. <laughs> Roll tight. Excuse me. No, I no, I did anyway. Just had to leave. So, uh, I, I want to be part of the solution. I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going to these parts of the world because that's not my assignment. But, but since I'm not the goer, doesn't mean that I don't have a part. I want to be a sender, right? I'm going to be. I'm going to be part of the solution. And I know you. Did, she didn't know. You didn't know she was coming. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I know you have a time schedule that you have to have portions in. Uh, that's required of you to go in there. So um, it's kind of like when she goes to these countries, I, I get to go with her when when, uh, when you go to Peru. It's, it's kind of like I'm there. And uh, and we got scripture that says that's how it works. I mean, it doesn't seem right. It seems like the goer ought, ought to get a greater reward. But but scripture says the one that goes and the one that sins gets the same reward. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. It's like, you know, y'all go do all the work in and and. We get the same credit. Hallelujah. Working, working for God's cool, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> so uh, uh, you can go online, and some of you don't do that. You know, like, what, what's, you know, because we have generations sometimes, you say, what's online? It's like, oh, boy, we've got to start somewhere else. So if the Lord's speaking to you today and you want to go ahead and do something today, you can, you can do that with Emily. But if you want to, uh, uh, you can... Uh, Grab you an envelope, or we'll make there's uh, make sure we have some outside on the there's a podium outside or an offering receptacle out there, and you can drop it in there. But make sure you put you know missions and put Emily on there so we'll know because sometimes ties and offerings in there, then it'll all be mixed in. And I won't know who's what. So um, uh, you, you can give it to her, but uh, if it does come to us, then of course uh, we'll get it to her immediately. But it'll also show up in your contributions at the end of the year. So. Might as well take advantage of what the IRS is going to let us take advantage of for as long as we can, right? Amen. All right, so thank you, ma'am. You, you're, wow. What a bright light you are shining. Hallelujah. Really. You know, I didn't, I wasn't at that place when I was 20. And, uh, you know, it's just, a, it's just a thrill to me to see young people. You know, I don't know, maybe you know this, but uh, uh, when you go to Bible schools today, it's been this way for a while, but many of your Bible schools, if you go to them, you'll find out that there's people of all ages there. I think the, the oldest person, when we were in Bible school, there was a lady there who was 93. She'd been, was a, you remember, Jeff, you ever saw her? 91, 93. She wanted to go all of her life, but something was always in the way. And uh, now everything, <laughs> everybody had, didn't need her for this, that, and the other. And, and she still said, well, I'm still alive, and I still got reason, and I still got a call in my life, and I wanted to do what God called me to do, you know, while I'm still here. So she's over 90 years old and uh, signs up to go to, to, to Bible school at Ramah. And I'm thinking, well, man, what's my excuse, right? But Bible schools are full of young people. They really are. Um, not just Global Ventures or Raymer or, or uh, some of the other ones, but they're full of young people. So God's calling people across the, the planet. He's calling a lot of young people, a lot of youth. They're going to change the world, but we all are together, right? So no one can do it by themselves. God never called you to do everything by yourself. And, he, and when he called Emily, he didn't tell her she was responsible for this. She just responsible to go do what he told her to do, be obedient, and follow the plan for her life. Uh, Paul said in the book of Timothy, he said, what man goes to war at his own expense? Whether no one does. If you're in the military, you know, you're not supposed to buy a tank. 
or, or have an Apache helicopter at the house that you bring with you, right? You know, you're, you're kind of hoping they have that, right? I mean, uh, we were talking about this the other day. I mean, it's kind of fun. Uh, you know, my younger son was a Marine. I'm sorry, I'm, you're not supposed to say that. If you're a Marine, you're always a Marine. And he said, it's kind of funny when you watch old movies like the Alamo, how maybe just uh, a little bit of updated equipment could have changed that whole scenario. I said, what, like four Apache helicopters coming up off the back of that wall? Of course, they'd faint for seeing something in the sky, but, uh, you know, and after that, it, it changed the whole thing. Well, we have all this to work with. So you're not called to do anything by yourself. But you have something that the world needs. You're not called to everybody, but you're called to somebody. Do you hear what I said? Say that with me. Say, I'm not called to everybody, but I'm called to somebody. And I have something that somebody needs. And if I don't get it to them, they're not going to get it. And so just remember, you're important in the plan of God. And so uh, if you want to do that, uh, I'm not going to take a formal offering in, in that sense. But uh, and I don't think she has to have probably all of it this very moment. But uh, you can uh, ask her how the schedule works. But uh, you can do it. Like she said, Global Ventures, or you could just give to her. But if you want to, I'm just telling you today, just go out there to the offering step. We'll get you that. And, uh, and then uh, do what you have on your heart. And be, let's be a blessing. And, uh, but just uh, mark it so I'll know. Uh, that uh, goes to her, and then we'll make sure it gets on your yearly contributions as well. We, well, big God bless you. We're gonna let you go. And uh, for the ladies that are having the uh, the shower today, I think, of course, men all have showers too every day. <laughs> Amen. And then get your right guard and your left guard, and then we're we're covered all which way around. So, God bless you. Look forward to seeing you. Uh, hopefully, you can come tomorrow night. Will be our last Monday night prayer. Then we'll have a new schedule after school starts. For prayer, but if you can be part of that, it starts at 6:45 for about an hour. Amen. God bless you.